Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following presentation is brought to you by Sports Ethos. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. Back with another post game. The Memphis Grizzlies managed to beat the Toronto Raptors this time, 98 to 91. Improved 11 and 10. The first win in Toronto for the Grizzlies since 2013. That is a uh, that's a big stretch there. They could not seem to get it done in Toronto. They got it done tonight behind a massive game. Jaron Jackson Jr. 25 points, six rebounds, five block shots, one assist. Uh, Dylan Brooks played well tonight. He didn't shoot the ball that well from the floor, but he knocked down six of six from the free throw line, had four steals and a block. Desmond Bain putting up another 20-point game. Just a great team win from these guys as Ja Morant continues to recover. Yeah, man, second wire-to-wire win. Uh, Beat the Kings wire-to-wire and uh, beat the Toronto Raptors wire-to-wire tonight. Had as much as a 17-point lead. Uh, And just a a nice victory. I mean, offensively, and Taylor Jenkins kind of talked about this after the game, didn't play really well offensively. They won this game pretty much on the defensive end. Uh, I mean, tremendous plays down the stretch. Uh, you had Dylan uh, with the strip. You had a couple blocks by Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, big plays. Uh, were able to get Pascal Siakam and Preston Jr. when foul trouble. Preston actually ended up fouling out. Um, and I think that kind of helped them down the stretch with those guys not being able to be as aggressive defensively. Uh, but but just a nice win. In two and zero in both games, complete without Jaw. They did have Jaw a little bit in the Hawks game, but the first two games without Jaw, two and zero. Um, and I mean, you can't talk about holding the holding the rope. Uh, looks like they're doing more than that right now, man. You got another wonderful game coming back on the home floor on Thursday as they take on Oklahoma City Thunder. And, and you talk about Jared, man. He looked like, and I talked about this before, man. You wanted when Jaw went out, you wanted Jared to be. That, that guy that kind of stepped, stepped up and lead this team and, and just a tremendous game tonight. And I talk about those big plays on the defensive end. I mean, he did it all tonight on both ends, man. 23 points, 25 points, man. Four of seven from downtown. He's five of six on the free throw line, plus 21. Uh, biggest, biggest plus mar- minus margin on the team. Uh, five blocks. I mean, just a tremendous game for him. And the games like tonight and, and what we've seen from him lately, that's why you paid him the money because you, we've seen – how much of an impact he could have on both ends of the floor. And when he's playing like this, if he could ever get this consistently with, with what Jaws doing, I mean, you have your two guys right there. Uh, so I'm really happy for Jerry. And I, and I tweeted this out during the game. I think he has his swag back, man. I think he's playing with confidence early in the season. You could tell that that confidence wasn't there, but building in a building. And, and I think kind of with the jaw injury, you don't, don't want to say it's a good thing or a blessing in disguise or anything, but I think this right here is going to be good for him because I think he knows that, he needs to be the guy, and, he, and he's so far so good, man. He's stepping up to the table. It it, it kind of ticks me off a little bit because the one thing that I've noticed in these last two games without Ja is the sense of urgency. Yeah, these these guys know, hey, yeah. you know, we, we don't have our best player. We've got to step it up. Well, where's this been? Where, the rest when of Ja's the season, playing? Man? Yeah, 
you know, how much better would their record have been if, if they done this when Ja is playing? I'm, I'm it, looking up at the standards right now, man, it, and it feels like this has been a struggle this season, but you look up and the Grizzlies are in fifth place in the West right now. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. And and you talk about what their record would have been. If, if these guys play like this consistently, we have been seeing this all season, I mean, you'd probably be talking about two, three seed right now. I mean, that's what it would be, but it's crazy to look up and see that they're in, in, in the fifth spot right now. I mean, that that's pretty good to see. I mean, the, the West is kind of weird, man. You have the, the three teams at the top, and then at the, after Golden State, Utah, uh, Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah, it's kind of a line, and then you have this big group of teams that's all bunched up uh, from, from like uh, five down, four down to ten. I mean, it's, it's not many games separate, like two or three games, I think, and four teams are kind of tied right there. It's going to be a wild, wild finish, man. Nobody's really running away with this thing outside of those three teams, man. I think any of these teams can finish anywhere. And you think with Job being out, the Grizzlies kind of fall back a little bit, but not not so fast, man. Two and zero, and again, a, a very wonderful game on Thursday night, man. You could be looking at three and zero without Job going to that Dallas game this weekend. Yeah, and that's you know they just they have to stay up for this game against the Thunder because even though the Thunder are yeah. tanky, we, we saw that last year. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Thunder have they beat Oklahoma? Um, they are Oklahoma City. They beat the <laughs> Lakers twice already this year. You know, so that they they have to go into this game ready to play. They can't let down. You know that this Raptor team is a team that just beat them, and they're obviously a better team than the Thunder. But the Thunder can still beat you. So I hope that they do come into that game ready. Um, you know, it, it's just something we'll have to wait and see. I, I have a feeling because, you know, Jaws still going to be out. I think that they are going to be ready. Did you see anything as far as a timeline on this with uh, with Zaire Williams missing time today? No, they haven't, they haven't said anything specific. I, I don't get the feeling that it's anything super serious or anything. I think it might be just – one game, couple things, the game thing. They haven't really said anything. You know how they are with injuries. They're kind of weird with the reporting there, but I, I don't I don't get the sense that it's anything serious. Uh, but you go back to tonight's game, I think from the onset, I could just – with the way the Grizzlies came out, I just felt like they were going to win this game. Like I never even, – even in that third quarter where they kind of lost focus a little bit and Toronto went on that big run and, and closed the gap, I just felt like they came in this game with a sense of urgency, and I think – after losing to them on the home floor uh, a couple games ago, I think they came in this one and said, man, we're not going to let these guys beat us again. Um, and, and they came into the Toronto and uh, really controlled the game. Again, like outside of that that run they made in the third quarter, Grizzlies really controlled this game. Every time Toronto would make a run, Grizzlies would come back and, and punch back. And again, man, it got up that double-digit lead in, in the fourth quarter and, and kind of held on there, man. But it was, a, again, man, very, very nice win to, to go on the road, especially, I mean, anytime – Without job, I mean, when I looked at this week, um, you had the, the, the OKC game coming up on Thursday, and you had what you think two tougher games on the outside with the, the OKC game sandwiched in between. You got at Toronto tonight and at, at Dallas on Saturday, and you're thinking, man, if you could get find a way to go two and one uh, in these games, I think you'd feel fantastic. And, and that was kind of thinking, well, you get the OKC game, win one of these games on the road, and they've already done that. So now, man, you go home and and hopefully beat OKC. That's two, and you can go in kind of that Dallas game with house money, man, and looking to go 3-0, and which would be insane uh, without your star player because he's been, met so much to this team, man, like 25 points a game. It's hard to replace that. And, and, and as you talked about, these guys, you kind of wish that this would happen when John was there, but you can tell that they've upped their game another level because they feel like they have to. So if they can do it now, 
do it with Ja. I mean, and if, they, if that happens, I think we have – I think the sky's the limit for this team. If, I mean, I think they, they could be up there in a 4-5-6 seed if that happens. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, man. Brandon Clark continues to play well. He only played 16 minutes tonight. Um, got in some early foul trouble and then didn't end up picking up another one, but, you know, it limited him to 16 minutes. But it's it's good to see him. We, we've been talking, and, and I said I was going to say it on every show, I'm glad that Brandon Clark is back. You know, three for six from the field tonight. The one thing that I've noticed from him is he he's not taking those corner threes, and that's perfectly okay because that's not his game. He, you know, those shots just were not falling for him, these little bunnies. He had an impressive dunk tonight where, you know, he jumped, and I knew that he had a chance to dunk it, but he kind of like double clutched, and I'm like, okay, he's just going to lay it yeah. in. And then he just yammed it. So oh, he hammered that thing. Yeah. So <laughs> six points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block from him. You know, plus seven on with his minutes on the floor. Just continues to play well. And you know, those numbers are not huge, but you're not looking for huge numbers from Brandon Clark. You're wanting him to go out there, make plays on the defensive end, which he did, and rebound the basketball. Rebound the basketball, yeah. Which yeah. he did. So you know, he's he doing block all, as well. Yeah, do, doing all the things that we want to see him do as Grizzlies fans and it's man it feels so good and I feel like a broken record I keep saying that over and over and over again but after the struggles of last year it's like man was he just a flash in the pan the rookie season you know it brought up some doubts and I was on the the side of Brandon's probably going to bounce back this year and he is so far but you know you it's always in the back of your mind. You draft a guy and he has one good season. You would like to see him repeat that, but year two was rough for him. Yeah, man. You, you talk about those floaters and that patent floater he has, man. For some reason, last year, man, he was just struggling, man. Couldn't get those shots to go. He was so efficient, like shooting, I think, 60% or something from the field his rookie season and, and really struggled with those shots last year and didn't start off great this year either. Uh, I, I was right there with you. I was like, man, I think, He's too good to, to to be the guy that we saw last year. Maybe he was working through injuries, whatever it was, that he was going to bounce back. And early on in the season, um, it, it didn't look like that. It was getting DNP CD still. And, but it is really good to see him, him thriving right now because I think he's a important piece for this team, just the energy that he brings off the bench. Like you said, I mean, only six points tonight, but just do, making intangible plays, uh, grabbing five rebounds, playing good defense, of course, adding a block, and some rim protection. I just love what – he brings because he's unique and he's a different guy than, than other guys that on his team. Um, and, and he's a real valuable weapon when he's playing like he's playing right now to come in and bring that energy off the bench. And like I said, man, it's really, really good to see because he really, really struggled last year, man. So I'm glad he's having to bounce back and, and hopefully he can do this consistently. Yeah. Yep. Going to move on. Um, Santi Aldama was one of the first guys off the bench in this game. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 just gonna say it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with him being one of the first guys off the bench. And and you can say, yeah, you know, BC maybe should have been the first guy off of the bench. But we knew that with Zaire being out, that somebody else would be, you know, popping in the rotation. You know, Jiddy has been in and out of the rotation all year long. And with Jai going down, we we figured that Jiddy would be back in it. But with Zaire missing time, that gives you somebody else that's going to be in the lineup. And I, I actually want to see Aldama get minutes like this because when he's coming in and he's playing garbage time minutes, it's not against rotation guys 
in the NBA. And so you can't get a good feel of where his game is. And while he struggled tonight, he was one for six from the field. You couldn't tell it by the box score, but, but coach Jenkins had nothing but praises for him after the game. Yeah, He said that the biggest thing for us heading into this game was being in the right spots. And he was doing that. You know, he had the, the, um, floater the one bucket floater, yeah days. it was a big one and they needed that bucket yep. too and, and that was it was a hustle play as well and, and that's you know coach Jenkins mentioned he was there on that 50 50 ball and knocked that floater down late so I, I cannot wrap my mind around the fact and, and I used to like it's not just Grizzlies fans right like you can go I, I sat in uh with Jill from she her and Sam cover the Kings for uh, Sports Ethos. And she done um, one of those Twitter spots where everybody, you know, like they were all just kind of getting in and they were venting about the Kings prior to Luke Walton getting fired. And and it's not. It's every fan base that just uh, – there, there's so many people that at the drop of a hat are rolling over on this team – and and I knew it. I knew when I saw Adama come in that there were going to be people like, oh yeah, my I mean, god, yeah, why is Twitter, he in the rotation? Twitter lit up. I'm sure. I'm sure Santi Adama was like the number one trending on Memphis Twitter when when he came yeah, in the game. Definitely, no doubt. Everybody was talking about Adama. <laughs> you you have to develop these kids. You you they they're not going to develop by sitting on the bench. Yeah, they get to you know they practice with NBA players. They do film study with NBA players. But you can practice and watch film yeah. all day long, and it's different. It's not the same the thing. Game. Yeah, it, it, it's so much different. It is, and I was gonna say, especially in meaningful minutes, like you said, when you get in in garbage time, that doesn't really give you much development. I mean, it's better than sitting on a bench and not playing at all. But it's not the same thing as getting the game where it, when it matters. Uh, and, and Coach Jenkins talked about how much he loved his urgency on offense and defense. Like you said, he said kind of scratch the box score, just looking at it from a coaching and development perspective. He liked what he saw. Um, he said he's really, really been working hard and practice, putting the work in. And with his eye being out, he he had he could pick one guy, and, and that's the guy he decided to go with. And and like you, I I love it because I think you have one guy in Zaire that you're developing and you're giving him minutes. And if he's out, man, do the same thing with another guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use those minutes to to keep developing these guys, and I, I think it's great. Um, and you you can see some things with with Santi, man. If he can put together the way that he can can run the floor, man, he's a good passer high IQ, a basketball player, I think they might have something there. And they must have really liked him because they moved up into the first round, gave him a guaranteed contract to take him there at 30. Uh, so, again, man, I don't have any problem with it at all. Uh, man, if you have an opportunity to play the guy, he didn't hurt you out there on the floor tonight. So, uh, man, uh, kudos to this coaching staff. Man, I, I was glad that they made that move. I know a lot of people still don't understand what, what's happening here. I argue with people and, and talk and try to talk to people so I'm blue in the face about the development aspect and, and what the long-term goals of this organization are. And some people just don't get it. They just won't refuse to understand what's happening here. But again, man, I, I, I like, again, I'm a guy that, again, always says that I kind of lead more toward maximizing, but I understand the long-term goal here. And if you're going to move up and get a guy and take him at 30, man, if you have an opportunity to play him, play him. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent, man. That's, you know, some of these the the same conversations that we're having this year we were having last year about rotations and you know it's how many times do we have to hear Kleiman and Jenkins say it's about development that's where they're at that's this is rebuild development time and 
you know, it's not just us as, you know, it's not just media saying, oh, this is development. This is coming directly from the team. There's video. You can go and find it where Kleinman talks about development and Jenkins talks about Jenkins, excuse me, talks about development. How many times you have to hear it before you take it as, as what it is. And, you know, it's just like, we, we get a, a horse dead and keep kicking it, keep kicking it, keep kicking it. Yeah, I, like, I, had someone, I was going to say, I had someone tell me this morning, like, you media and blog guys, you just drinking the Kool-Aid of, of the front office. I'm like, they've literally said this over and over and over again. You listen to anything, every time they talk about this, Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins, anybody from the organization, when you hear it, they tell you that this is about long-term. And Like, I don't understand how many more times they have to say it before you believe it. Like, people want to sacrifice everything they have right now so they can get the six seed this year. And I'm like, even with what's going on now, jaw out, jaws out, we struggle, everything. They're still right now sitting in the fifth seed. So, I mean, like, get out of here with that, man. You When two or three years down the line, when they got that third guy on the team and, and we got these draft picks and they turn it into something, you're going to be, you're going to be happy about it. So just take it as it comes. I still think this team makes the playoffs this year. And again, man, what do you, what did you think the ceiling was? Like, I, I hate to go back to this. It's my last time. Mentioned this. I hate to go back to the JV stuff, but even if JV was on his team, like what's what's your ceiling? Fifth seed? I mean, it's not like you're not winning the championship this year. So still by losing the first round, even with JV. So I, I don't get it, man. You look at what the Pelicans are doing. It's not yeah. like he's leading them anywhere. So hey, it's craziness, man. The people with the JV stuff. And you, you DM me this morning, like you're thinking about Newton JV, man. I, I feel the same way because that, anytime that conversation comes up, man, it's crazy season with, with a lot of people out here. It is, man. It's it's nuts. I'm like I don't have anything to add what you to to what you just said because we we've talked about it until there's nothing left to say. There there's you know he and I'm happy is, for him. I mean he, he's, he's playing for minutes and that's great. NBA player, yeah. <laughs> he's a you know I mean some people may even consider him great. I don't think that he's great. He is a good NBA player. And I said it before. I think that the Grizzlies would have more wins right now if he was on the roster. Absolutely, but you're 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 a second round exit team at best with at best, yeah. And you know, I gosh dang, I hate that we're even having this conversation, man. I hate it, but (laughs) I I I was involved in a conversation today with some guys about this, and one guy said that the Grizzlies should have gotten a package like the Magic got for for Nikola Vucevic. I want to bang my head against the wall. No way. Like Nikola Vucevic is a two-time all-star, 20 and 10 and four assists for the last five years. He's significantly better playmaker than JV. Defense is about the same. Rebounding is about the same. But night in and night out scoring, Nikola Vucevic is better. You're not going to get the same package. But here's the thing. Uh, JV had a career year last year for the Grizzlies. Best numbers of his career last year for the Grizzlies. If they don't move him for what they got and he has a fall off like Kyle Anderson has had this year, how much are they going to get then? His value was never going to be higher than what it was when the Grizzlies made that trade. They ended up with a a first-round pick swap, a a second-round pick swap, and – I mean, they went out and they got the guy that they wanted. And on yeah. top of getting the guy that they wanted, they got an additional first round pick that they Which can could, either they can could turn into a lottery pick, possibly with what's yeah. going on now. I don't think I mean, it will, but 
right now it, 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 yeah. it, it's heading that way. I, I'd say it's probably going to be more like my guess is in the in the in the twenties, you know, maybe yeah. maybe late teens, but still, you know, that's another valuable asset that you can use if you're wanting to move up in the draft, and you've got a team that needs, you know, what if one? Okay, Sacramento just changed their just changed their coach. What if they decide they're going to go into a full rebuild, and you can use those picks to go out and get somebody from them that you want? We don't know what this full trade is going to be. Short term, did they lose the trade? Short term, yeah. They gave up the best player in that trade. But that trade is not, was not, and will never in its lifetime be just about Steven Adams. And I know and that's what people try to make it. It's like, well, JV's much better than Steven Adams. Like, it's not, I try to tell people it's not about that. And another thing, if you had JV on this team, you probably – don't have the leap that Josh taking right now, production wise. You don't. What Desmond Bain's doing? That that's probably not happening. I mean, it's it was the right move. Like I like I I'm glad that JV's having a great season. He was one of my favorite players on the team. I love his attitude, what he brought to the locker room. I, I loved him. But it, again, man, if I could go back in hindsight, I could know that he was going to do what he did last night, and I still would have made the move. Like it's it was the right move for the Grizzlies for what they're trying to do. You weren't going to resign him next year, man. So, I mean, you moved him. You got something for him. He's in New Orleans, man. Can we stop talking about what JV's doing? You can watch him and appreciate it, but stop saying that they should have made the move. That's that's it, man. I don't know what else to say about it. Just beating a dead horse on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, – I want to say that that's the last time that we're going to talk about it on the <laughs> podcast, but I, I just have a feeling that, that it's not going to be. I, I every time every time he has a big game, it, it's going to pop It's gonna pop back up. It's already bad enough. But, like, when I saw those that like, he had seven threes, I was like, here we go, man. About, <laughs> to, about to blow up, and that's exactly what happened. People were talking about it all day. <laughs> and just like Isaac said, like, we, we don't want you guys that, that are listening thinking that we're just – like both of us are fans of JV, both of us. Yeah, like I love like he's one of my favorite players on the team. Like yeah. seriously, like I love the guy. Like he he is a better player than Steven Adams. We will never not say that. With like as as far as fit, the Steven Adams thing has not worked out. Uh, uh Sane was talking about it the other day. He's like it's safe to say at this point yeah. that the Steven Adams I, I trade, think we're there. The Steven Adams part of it in and of itself did not work out the way that they had planned. It hasn't, you know, and, and Steven Adams, you know, he, he had a, a, a pretty good game tonight. He ended up playing 26 minutes, you know, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. He, he only scored four points, but he's making the plays that they need him to make. You just want to see him be better defensively. And, and that's, that just hasn't happened. So, you know, you, you get the growth. Some of these uh, post plays that you're seeing from Jaron Jackson, that they're not happening if JV is there. You know, the, the growth from the guys, like you say, JV's taking 15 to 20 shots a game, and that's going to take shots away from Desmond Bain. Uh, you know, I don't mind if Dylan takes a few less shots. I'd like to see him be more efficient. But the, the guys that you want taking the shots, like Melton and Bain, are not going to get those opportunities if you still have a big man that's demanding that many shots. Man, and, and to kind of change the subject a little bit, man, what about our guy, former Grizz, Yuta Watanabe, out there trying to have a, a revenge game tonight, man, out there knocking down threes, 11.6 rebounds, three of eight from downtown, man. He played really well, man. All seriousness, man, I'm glad to see him develop into a viable NBA player, man, because I was always a big fan of his while he was here. It always kind of felt like 
he could be an NBA rotation player. And I, I'm glad to kind of see it coming to fruition with Toronto, man. I just want him to chill a little bit tonight, man. Go crazy every, every other night, man, but not, not when you're playing the Grizzlies. But, again, that, that was kind of nice to see, man. They got knocking down threes. I was like, where's that when he was here? Yeah. I think it was. It just boils down to opportunity, right? Like, he just didn't and that's what, yeah. time. And that's what happens a lot in the NBA. Fit, fit and opportunity is – and I tell people that all the time that it's – I mean that that means everything. I mean, you you can see guys that have come to the Grizzlies, even going back like guys like Zach Randolph. I mean, he always put up big numbers, but he was super inefficient uh, before he came to the Grizzlies and really turned into a, a really good player that scored, team player, and, and had a completely changed his image when he came to Memphis. That it's all about fitting opportunity, uh, the right coach, the the right situation, getting guys in flourish. You've seen guys happen all the time. Guys that don't do anything get traded to a new team and they look like a different player. So, I mean, and again, I'm really glad to see that see that for you because I kind of always felt like, I mean, like I feel like this guy, this size, um, he has some shooting potential. Uh, I felt like that he could be a viable NBA player, and it looks like that's that's kind of happening in Toronto. Yeah, I'm even fine with him doing it against the Grizzlies, man. I'm happy to see him. As long, long as the Grizzlies win. If they, if they yeah. win, he can score yeah. 50 as long as the Grizzlies win the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, happy for him. That's a, the, not a Grizzly, but, uh, you know, presses a Chewy. He had a rough game. But anybody that, that comes through Memphis in any aspect, whether it's with the Tigers or the Grizzlies, you know, when they leave, the, you know, I, I don't know that there's anybody that's left that I'm just like, I don't want him to succeed. Like, he can just fall off the face of the earth. I, I, I just don't have that mentality, man. I, You know, I want to see, you know, and and uh, what um, – Watanabe is what, like 26 or 27? Yeah, yeah he, something not, like that, yeah. Yeah, he's not very old. So, he's still got plenty of time that he can have a, a decent NBA career. And Nick Nurse and those guys up there do, doing a good job with him, you know, developing and, and and letting him play again. You know, getting the opportunity to be on the floor is huge. So, man, I, I don't really have a, a ton else uh, on tonight's game. We kind of got sidetracked there with the JV stuff, but you know, with the guys that were needing to step up again, the you know, the three guys, the three-headed monster with Jai out, stepped up against the Kings, and then they stepped up again tonight against the Raptors in a closer game. Yeah, I was gonna say shout out to the Anthony Melton, man. Only played 17 minutes tonight, but he made the made the most of it. Didn't shoot the basketball really well, over four from three, but had nine points, ten rebounds, man, off the bench for Anthony Melton. Two assists, a steal, four thirteen from the floor, uh, one of thir- four thirteen from the field, one of two uh, from the free throw line, man. But put in some some good minutes uh, early in that game. Uh, didn't play a lot in the second half, man. But ten rebounds off the bench, man. That that's big. Uh, I do want to run run down the team stats real quick before we. Before we wrap this up, man, Memphis 36 of 93 for 38.7%. Actually got outshot uh, by Toronto. Toronto 36 of 91 for 39.6%. Both teams hit 10 threes. Uh, Grizzlies 10 of 34 for 29.4%. Toronto 10 of 39 for 25.6%. Grizzlies 16 of 19 from the free throw line for 84.2%. Toronto 9 of 12 uh, for 75%. So Grizz plus 7 and Mason plus 7 in the tips. Uh, Grizzlies again uh, went won, won the battle of the boards, fifty-four to forty-four, eighteen to eleven on offensive rebounds, uh, seventeen turnovers in the game, eighteen for the for the Grizz, uh, forty-four points in the paint. So uh, just just a solid game uh, again, uh, and, and it's good to win a game where you don't shoot the basketball well because that's not something when you kind of look over the Grizzlies' total body of work this season. That's not something that you're going to say about them often that they won a game uh, while not shooting well because that's kind of been. Mo. If they make a lot of shots, they're in games. They can win games. If they don't make shots, they usually get blown out. And tonight, when they only shooting thirty eight percent, they got a seven point win. I think that was really nice to see. Took a lot of steps on on the defensive end, and, and 
man, that's again the, the area that they need to improve in the most. And uh, the last two games, man, they they've done a pretty good job there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I was trying to pull it up while you were talking there, and I didn't get it done. But I'd be interested to see what the Grizzlies' percentages were in the second half because I, I don't feel like they were struggling so much in the first half to put the ball in the basket. But man, they hit hit a you know that a third quarter, man. They hit a wall, man. <laughs> and just couldn't get it to go. And, and I was Taylor like, man, Jones, are they ever gonna make a shot? I was like, man, they're gonna gonna come back. Toronto's gonna end up taking the lead. We've seen this movie before, and they're in the fourth quarter. They're not gonna be able to make shots. Toronto's gonna gonna pull it out in the fourth quarter, but uh, they they kind of got back on track there and uh next thing you know you look up there up 13 they're in the fourth quarter and I felt like at that point I was like man it's what five six minutes to go I feel like they'll be able to hang on Toronto did make another run uh that that team never quits Nick Nurse really has these guys playing hard that's one thing about the Toronto we talked about this talked about the other night man you have to play 48 minutes against this team because the last two times they played them Grizzlies had big leads going back to last year uh, blew that game and, and the other night had a Big, big lead at halftime and end up losing that one, but did not do that tonight. Even though Toronto was able to come back, man, they kind of fought back and was able to pull this one out and got a nice road win. Yep, defensive stops at the end of the game, and then uh, Coach Jenkins mentioned, you know, this is the first game they've won all season shooting under forty percent. So, big stuff from the Grizzlies tonight. Good win again, eleven ten on the season. Good for fifth in the West. They are back Thursday night at the Forum. Uh, probably do a post game on that one. Probably talk about that game on Friday would be my guess. We'll see how things go. I, I'm yeah, shout out to my guy, guy Josh Giddy, who's come on as of late, playing really well. Uh, yeah. So, he, yeah, he, I see him on Thursday night and Heinrich Williams uh, with the, the weird fade or whatever it is. I don't know what you call it, hairstyle that, that he has, but it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But, yeah, <laughs> take, it up, take it on the Thunder on, on Thursday night. And it's a game where they'll be favored. But, again, man, you got to come out and play hard. No gimmies. Um, in the NBA, they got bit. I think the Thunder beat them a couple times last year, actually. I think the Thunder, they split those games 2-2. So, I mean, the Grizzlies know full well, man, you got to play well against that that Thunder team. Um, I think it was like back-to-back. It was like same week. I think they beat them in Memphis, and then they went to Toronto. I mean, Toronto went to Oklahoma City and lost to them. So, again, man, you, you got to play. You got to play 48 minutes. You got to play play your best basketball, man. You get beat, like you said, that Thunder teams beat the Lakers twice. So, you 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 want to mark that down as a win, but nothing nothing's a given. But you think that's a game that you should handle on your, your home floor, and hopefully, man, we come back on here, we'll be talking about a, a, a nice three game win streak for the Grizzlies. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. Oh, we'll get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at Dwell two one one one. Isaac, let them know where they can find you, man. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. I S A A C underscore Rivals. Again, as David said. Uh, we should probably be back for a post game, an Oklahoma City game, probably on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, for David, I'm Isaac Simpson, and we'll talk to you next time. Actually, this has I, been sports. Oh, go ahead. And then one more thing, man. I, I just realized I, I saw this pop up earlier, but the Grizzlies have a game against the Lakers next week on Thursday. Yeah. Ron James will not be available for that game. So they're missing LeBron in that Lakers. Game. Oh, yeah. I forgot because he went in entered, protocol today. You're yeah. right. Yep, entered the league uh, health and safety protocol. So he will not be eligible to return until after that game. So, you know, maybe that gives them more of an opportunity to win that Lakers game. Still not an easy win. You know, they still got plenty of talent on that team. Russ and AD, uh, Mello, bunch of guys from, you know, if this was 2012, it would be an insane team. <laughs> but Dwight Howard is going to go on and on, Carmelo. <laughs> yep. 
but that good, good news for the Grizzlies. We'll see how it goes, see where they're standing whenever they get to that game. Got plenty in between now and then, but uh, that's something I wanted to get in here before we get out. And now you can tell them we gone. I, I, hey, yeah, man. Um, again, man, it's always a big game when, when they play the Lakers. So hopefully they have a big crowd out at Benton for them, man. That, that'll be nice to see. But, again, when we'll be back for a full game for OKC, either Thursday night or Friday. And we'll talk to you then. Until next time, this is so crazy. We go. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.